He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, the number one show in New York at 5 o'clock. And this is a TriCast. We're on AM 970, The Answer, WLIR in Long Island, and AM 970. I said AM 970, the answer, and, and WABC uh, 770 in New York and and along the whole East Coast. In the studio with us, we have a common sense Republican, Mr. Ed Cox. And Ed was 10 years the uh, uh, New York State GOP chairman. Right? Friday, and good to be with you, John. And, and it's Friday. Yes. Wow. TGIF, thank God it's Friday. And in the studio with us, for the last day, he's going on vacation for a few days. Uh, we have George Venizelos, the, the head of the FBI, uh, the assistant director in charge. Is that the right? Uh, That's right. Of yeah. all of New York uh, for uh, four years, was it? That, it was a, a little over two years. Uh, in New York, New and before York. that, Harrisburg, and before Philadelphia that, Philadelphia for two years. Philadelphia and Boston, the head of the FBI, and. And my sidekick, Lydia Serrano. Lydia, stop kicking me. <laughs> we, we are going to have a great show for everyone today. So we'll be speaking with Dr. Peter Mikolos. He's going to be talking to us about artificial sweetener. We'll be talking as well to Miranda Devine of the New York Post. She always has some good information for us. Paul Lunsis, who's a financial advisor and expert on the economy. Frank Siller of Tunnels to Tower. He's got some great uh, things that they're doing for our heroes that deserve to be honored. But first on the line, we have West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, and he just landed a huge, huge victory. Congratulations, Attorney General Morrissey. Tell us all about it. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. And it's just a pleasure because this is one of the most impactful cases, not only of this U.S. Supreme Court term, but it's probably one of the biggest separation of powers cases we've had in over a decade, it's really designed to help reset uh, the administrative system so that Congress gets to make the major decisions of the day and that unelected bureaucrats are not going to be in a position to seize power. This is such an important concept, especially as we have seen administrative agencies run away with these rules that are not consistent with the statute. So it's a big win for separation of powers for our Constitution. And of course, of course, it's also a big win for energy in our country because we're pushing back against the Biden energy agenda, which has really been disruptive, not only in West Virginia, but to the American way of life, driving up inflation and cost and really putting our country's energy independence at risk. Uh, General Morrissey, John Katzmatidis. Now, the the big item, all the nation's newspapers are putting out uh, uh, plants with uh, with EP with with ste- with the uh, that we're going to pollute the the we're planet now. The world. Yes, that's God not help what us the all. EP, that's not what the Supreme Court said. No, you know, the, the one thing we do in this on the WABCs, we tell the truth. The Supreme Court Correct. said. The Supreme Court said that you can't have Congress is supposed to make the laws. That's right. You can't have a bunch of bureaucrats in in some federal agency decide and make their own laws. That's right. And 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 and, and that sounds logical. 
Uh, I mean, Ed Cox, anybody wants to change? Absolutely. Ed Cox here, General. Uh, what a victory. Congratulations. It's a, it's a victory for our Constitution, really. I mean, this is, this is what the Founding Fathers meant it to be. Congress makes the laws and the executive executes pursuant to what the, the, the way Congress does laws here. The EPA was really legislating. It was it was making the laws rather than just enforcing. And what's the EPA supposed to do? Just enforce them. I mean, they're not supposed to be a legislative branch. Congress is supposed to make the the laws. Congress and the senators, they're supposed to make the laws, not the bureaucrats. And you know what they're doing, Uh, Attorney General? Maybe you, you give us your reading on it. The SEC is putting their foot down with banks, telling the banks, uh, do not lend money to oil companies. I mean, what the heck well, is all that about? John, I got to tell you, I was asked yesterday during our press conference, what's the next opportunity to go after administrative overreach? And I specifically referenced the Securities and Exchange Commission's ESG rules because the Biden administration is trying to transform the SEC into serving as an environmental regulator, completely overturning what the role of the SEC is designed to be. And they're trying to command all the publicly traded companies to advance their climate agenda because they're losing it within the substantive agency. Uh, look, now, I, I, I am an SEC lawyer in part. I do finance law, and the SEC is about disclosure. You have to disclose it. It is not about dictating what a company does or doesn't do. They're way beyond their bounds here, just like the AP, EPA was beyond its bounds. Well, you're exactly right. And one important thing for everyone listening, the opinion actually says what we've been saying all along the EPA still does have some narrow authority to limit carbon emissions, but they just can't go so far afield from what Congress delegated to them. And they can't force a system which would require the owner of the coal or the gas-fired power plant to cross-subsidize renewable forms of energy. So what happened is yesterday, the court injected some rationality back to the process. It's not that they can't regulate, but they have to act within the limits that Congress set forth for them. This is a major question <laughs> with, our, with respect to the use of coal in power plants. And and uh, if it's not really thought out completely through the legislative process, believe me, it's going to get screwed up just like it's gotten screwed up in Germany, right? Uh, <laughs> the way they... Well, that, that's right. And a lot of people talk about Oh, the U.S., this is going to hurt. First of all, all those people complaining need to look their constituents in the eyes and say, in reality, we never have this power in the first place. Keep in mind that a lot of the climate change proposals were rejected by the U.S. Congress going back to 2009. So then Barack Obama conjured up out of thin air these new authorities. We knew that they weren't valid. That's why we went after them. We challenged them. But all these people are saying the the earth is is falling. Everything's going wrong. But these people were not honest with the American public. They didn't have the authority to do it. This is Congress's role. There could be a robust debate in Congress. The states will consider what to do. Private companies will consider what to do. But most assuredly, the unelected bureaucrats 
cannot do it on their own. I mean, the dirty secret in Washington is that Congress often does not want to deal with these big issues because it can put them at political risk if they take one side or the other. This forces Congress if you want to do something about this, you got to pass legislation and you got to take a vote on it. And Attorney General Morrissey, I think you, John, was bringing it up before that the front pages of the papers are trying to portray this as some sort of uh, blow to the climate agenda. I mean, their climate agenda, but it's not. It, we're not hurting the environment. We have some of the most stringent, stringent regulations that that there are when it comes to drilling and coal plants and et cetera, et cetera. Well, correct. And America is the gold standard with respect to environmental regulation. And in fact, a lot of times people are training us to unilaterally disarm. They're suggesting eliminating all the use of coal, half of natural gas. Meanwhile, you're seeing hundreds of coal fire power plants added in China. So what I would respect. China is opening up 150 Power plants, coal power plants a year. Mm -hmm. That's just in China. Around the world, they're doing 240. Judge Weinberg is on the other line, and he wanted to ask a question. question. Judge Richard Weinberg, are you on? Yeah, I'm here. You want to ask the Attorney General a question? Well, I think, uh, first of all, congratulations, General. My concern is, and I want to get your sense of this, the next thing I can expect for the administration to do is to start looking at every every statute that's passed to see if they have any way of finessing it to say that the power, the delegation of powers was, was broad enough. So you look at all the federal laws on that. That's one way that they can try to go through the back door. The other way they can go through the back door is through local and state law. That's I think you're right. They're going to be looking at what the states can do. And you also know they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on the financial markets. That goes back to the point you raised earlier that they're trying to set up a financial system that doesn't loan money to anyone having to do with fossil fuels. Now, we're fighting back on that as well. And we've been writing letters to a number of entities. And in fact, there are laws that are starting to be passed in a variety of states saying, wait a minute, you can't engage in this kind of predatory activity and this discrimination within our state. So I think that people are beginning to realize that we're not going to be putting up with this uh, same type of abusive system where the government gets to put a gun to the company's head and force them to advance a woke principle. Uh, the other thing is fossil fuels is a fallacy. Though the oil is not fossil fuels. That's been proven. The, the planet Earth makes the oil for the plates to move easier amongst themselves. It's not made from the dinosaurs. That's a lot of, how do you say it? That's a lot of what? They're full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and that's the truth. And, uh, And Canada and Alaska and the Arctic Ocean have, 200 years with the Arctic oil. You know why, uh, Attorney General, why uh, China, Korea, Germany is pushing uh, electric cars? They have no oil. Right. So. Well, why don't we try to make sure that these other countries around the world, for once, try to come up and meet our standard instead of us, like we saw with the so-called Paris Accords, Everyone wants us to run eight miles out in front 
and inflict such damage to our jobs and communities, why isn't it better to say China and India and Germany, look, you, know, you have to meet our standards before we're going to move any any more forward. You know, well, it's what the free market did. The free market uh, and through the work of some real entrepreneurs came up with fracking. Fracking developed uh, our natural resources here, which have less carbon, such as natural gas. But And we are the only developed nation that puts less carbon in the air than we did 15 years ago. China is moving 1,000 miles an hour, growing their economy, growing what they're doing. And we have two hands tied behind our backs. Maybe they don't consider China being on the same planet as us. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I got to say, this decision changes that equation. Yeah. It, 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 it leaves just, it to, to the free market at be, this point. Because most of the people know the truth. We, we're we getting our uh, rear end – I can't what did I say? Our rear end kicked. Yes. Is that a lot of, is That's, that, that's a nice okay way to say, to say it. Radio? Well, thank you so much, Attorney General Morrissey. Congratulations again on this historic victory. And, uh, you know, we you've got WABC. We have your back and come back anytime. Hey, thanks so much. And helpful people can – Learn more about it. Shouldn't Congress make the major decisions of the day? That way everyone gets a seat at the table. That's the American way. That's our Constitution, our republic, our way of life. Let's keep it that way. Amen. Amen. Have a happy Fourth of July, and uh, let's hope our country makes it to our 300th year in 2076. Uh, Let's take a break. Let's take a break and come back. We're going to come back with Frank Siller. And uh, he's going to tell us about all the great things he's doing for veterans and, and, and patriots and, on, this, on this 4th of July weekend. This is Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis. And you're a classic example of the people who built this country. On 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. This is, what is it? Welcome to America, right? Who sings this? Neil Diamond. See, I don't even know. This is, I'm too, I'm too young for this. We're coming to America. When are you going to be 30? I know, right? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so on the line, speaking of patriotism, speaking of a great American, is Frank Siller. He is the chairman and CEO of Tunnel to Towers. He did it in honor of his fallen brother who died on 9-11, saving the lives of others. And once again, Tunnels to Towers has done some great work helping our fallen first responders. Frank Siller, tell us all about it. Well, thanks for having me on uh, this evening and for this 4th of July weekend. So on Memorial Day, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, we delivered 21 mortgage-free uh, Gold Star homes to our families that were left behind for those who died for our country. And we felt like for Independence Day that we had to do something for our first responders. We all see what's going on with our police officers ever since they started this crazy defund our police um, and even before that. And uh, they, they are being their lives are being taken all over the United States. So we, along with uh, uh, firefighters that die in the line of duty, we are delivering 22, 22 mortgage-free homes uh, for Independence Day uh, this weekend. And we're proud of the work that we're doing. And we do it because of the generosity of your listeners and, and some other great Americans who, who join us at 
and our, our foundation joined our mission, and they donate $11 a month, and $11 a month we all come together, and this is the results, deliver, uh, delivering all these mortgage-free homes. And that website is T2T.org, T2T.org. That is correct, T2T.org. It stands for Tunnel to Towers, which, of course, that's what my brother so, did on September 11, 2001. We took care of the to the towers. We took care of, uh, of most of the people in 9-11, and now you're taking care of some war veterans and, and other heroes? Yes. We, we, uh, so, of course, you know, first responders die every day. Our military, over 7,000 have given their lives since we had uh, – since 9-11. And we want to make sure that we take care of all these families that are left behind that leave young children, that have young children, and so they could stay in their homes. You know, one, you know I talk to widows all the time. Matter of fact, I, I just finished uh, a couple of weeks ago the two uh, police officers that were uh, just shot dead by – uh, somebody that was should have been in prison, right? Should have been in behind bars in El Monte, California. Um, Officer Pedetris and Santana, and uh, they left behind a 14-year-old, uh, 14-year-old daughter, 12-year-old son, uh, twin, uh, two-year-old boys, a nine-year-old girl. So these families, how are they going to stay in their homes when they just lost their loved one? They're grieving. And they think, oh, my God, I got, we have this tremendous mortgage. Well, that's where the Tunnel to Towers steps in. We let them know right away. We speak to them. We let them know we're praying for them and we want to be there for them. And, uh, and we let them know that we're going to pay Frank, off Frank, Ed, Ed Cox here. You know, I've heard so much about what the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has done. But what, uh, tell us the story behind the name Tunnel to Towers. Well, my brother on September 11, 2001 – uh, was just finished his night tour in Squad One in Brooklyn, and he heard that the tower was a hit, so he drove back, got his gear, drove to the mouth of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, strapped 60 pounds of fire gear on his back, and ran through that tunnel up West Street into the South Tower, up those stairs, and while saving others, he gave up his life. And he's the youngest of seven. He was our little brother, and we knew we had to do something, not just to honor him, but to honor all these great heroes that were running towards those buildings and not away, and they saved so many people. And that's why we started uh, the Tunnel to Towers. Hey, we're right now in the construction, the design phase of over 55 smart homes for our country's most catastrophically injured service members as well. We take care of these great heroes that gave their body for our country. And a new, a new thing that we're doing now, we just made an announcement of, uh, uh, about a month ago about eradicating homelessness amongst our veterans. There's, over, there's almost 40,000 veterans out in the street that served our country. They weren't able to come back and assimilate into society. And we want to put a roof over their heads and get them all the necessary services that they're going to need to get back in to our society. And that is a promise, another promise that we're keeping. So when people donate $11 a month, it's doing a lot. It's helping all these great heroes that protect us every single day. And it should be a promise that we keep to all these families that, God forbid, something happens, we're going to take care of your families that are left behind. And, and then so how many, runner, how many runners do you have who do this? Uh, on, it's on Memorial Day. Is that right? No, we do it uh, the last Sunday in September. You know, uh, it's always uh, the last Sunday in September. We have 40,000 people that retrace my brother's final heroic footsteps. Many firefighters run it in full gear. Police officers run it in their turnout gear. Uh, military, 2,500 West Point cadets 
Marines, Navy, you name it, Air Force, they all line up, they run, and it's uh, it, it was voted the most patriotic event in, in America, 5K in America. People have never done it. You can register now. Once again, go to T2T.org, um, and you can see you can register right now and, and join us this coming uh, September. Frank Seller, thank you for everything you do for all uh... – all New Yorkers, all Americans, all heroes, and, and God bless you, and have a great Fourth of July, and we'll help as much as we can help. You always do, John. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you. God bless. And now, uh, what's going on in the markets? I mean, Bitcoins. Bitcoins are down to 19000 I I see people trying to jump out of windows. Uh, with us today is uh, uh, Mr. Paul Luntzis, Luntzis Financial Management. Uh, how are you, Paul? I'm great, John. Thank you for having me. Uh, give me a report on uh, the, the the markets, on Bitcoin. Uh, it, it was a long week. It was a bit of a roller coaster sometimes. Interest rates, after after I, I told uh, uh, Chairman uh, um, uh, uh, Tell me, the chairman, to be careful before raising interest rates. Jay Powell. Powell. Yeah. Yeah. Chairman Powell, be careful before you raise interest rates. All of a sudden, the 10-year T-bill went from 327 in four days down to uh, 187 or 188 or something. Recession, recession. Isn't that right, Paul? Yeah, Ed, that's that's exactly right. We're on a seesaw um, between inflation and what's going to happen with the economy. And the question about raising rates, how fast, how much, are they going to do it too fast and too much? That could precipitate a recession. They're trying to reduce demand. And the question is, how much are they going to reduce it, and what's that going to do to the economy? I mean, they meet July 26th and 27th. It's anticipated they're going to raise rates 75 basis points, as they did in June that would take the Fed funds to two and a quarter to 250. And then they're projecting 50, 50, and 50 in September, November, and December to get it up to 375. But what's interesting is, you know, the market, it's been down, the S&P 500, which is a good barometer, has been down, was down 20.6% for the first six months. The NASDAQ was down 29.5. But the S&P, that's the fourth worst first half. Um, only worse were 1932, 1962, and 1970. My God. Um, Um, And the speculative, you know, what John just mentioned, you know, people focus on the speculative area, the Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, SPACs, meme stocks. But it's really been very broad based. Communication services, et cetera, are down 30 percent. Growth stocks, some of those are down 80 and 90 percent. But even even other companies that are well known, like Netflix, down 70 percent, Disney down 38 Energy certainly has been a bright spot, so we should just listen to John when it comes to energy. Well, speaking um, of energy, Paul Lunsis, and by the way, it was lovely seeing you again at the PAL luncheon. It, Biden was talking, blaming Russia, 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 and he's, you know, and then uh, Brian Deese, the top White House economic advisor, he was on CNN, and you know him, Ed Cox, right? You know him. So I want you guys to take a listen to this because it it's like making the rounds. It's gone viral. Take a listen to what the anchor asks him, asks him a question, Brian Deese, and then hear what Deese has to say. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Liberal world order. What the what? What does that mean? What does that mean? 
You know, at the end of the day, they're harming the Americans that are most in need. You know, higher gas prices, higher inflation, higher food prices. They're, you know, wages are not increasing anywhere near what these are. And it's really, really harming the American consumer, especially the lower the middle class and the lower class. And it's just devastating what they're doing because they could resolve this problem, as John has stated repeatedly. They could resolve it, and they're not. And I think the focus on electric vehicles, we've talked about China and how they're adding enormous coal capacity. It's a global issue. It should be done over a multi-decade period converting to electric vehicles. And then there's the issue of the expense of, of doing it, how safe are the cars, lithium, cobalt, they're all in China and other areas. So it's just really disappointing, the strategy that they're trying to implement and impose on everyone in the country. And they're really doing a lot of damage to, to the individual consumer. You don't restrict supply when the demand is still there. I mean, that, that's just common sense. Exactly. That that just that leads to rising prices, and you know it, it, it's just insane what's going on. It's really really sad. But there's long term effects to this. So um, Paul, so Paul, going back to where we started, are we in a recession now? We at least uh, technically, because we had a down quarter the, for the first quarter. It looks like we're going to have a second down quarter now. Are we actually in a recession? I think, Ed, you know, I think, that's, I think that is the definition if there's two successive down quarters. Um, you know, I'm not an economist, but at the end of the day, when you look at what's happening out there, credit card spending is going way up, some of the highest numbers on a monthly basis. People can't afford some of the prices in common things. Housing's gone crazy. Rents are going crazy. They're up 20 and 25 and 40 percent in Phoenix and Charlotte and other areas. So it's really reverberating throughout the economy. And the government, you know, they're really not addressing these issues. Uh, I mean, I don't know how they get out of this without precipitating a recession. Or at the very worst, they'll have stagflation. I think it'll take a while before this inflation goes away, even if you do have a recession. Isn't that right? I just don't understand. Like, John, you've said, just just start drilling here. It'll send the message to the markets and bring the prices down. Right, John? I mean, why won't they do it? Why? We're going to find out soon. I mean, I've been in touch with very senior members of of the Democratic administration. I said, guys, we don't have to go into a recession. We could stop it. We don't have to go into a depression. We got to get the North American oil treaty, open up the spigots, uh, and f- let the oil flow. You'll see oil back to 65, 6, 70, 75, and there'll be no more inflation. And uh, we don't have to ra- raise interest rates like some of the economists are saying. You raise the interest rates, we're going to put the rest of the country out of business. And that's 100 percent right, John. If you raise interest rates, it reverberates throughout the economy just like inflation does. People buying houses, people buying cars. So the, the double whammy of inflation and then the fear of recession where people stop spending, um, the, the Fed's got their hands full. And, and we haven't even discussed the, you know, the reduction in their balance sheet, which could also create some liquidity issues that, you know, that could really impact financial markets. It's a very, 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 very scary time. Right now, let's save America. Paul Luntzis, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your wisdom, and uh, God bless you on this 4th of July, and God bless America. Thank you, John. Uh, are we taking a break? or? Yep, he said okay. we're taking let's a break. Let's take a break. And... I want to hear some patriotic music. <laughs> purple man, 
Let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This this is the news and talk station of New York with John Katsimatidis. Tell us what's going on. Real, real New York 77 WABC. If tomorrow all the things were gone. I'd work for all my life. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night Show. This is uh, Lee Greenwood, right? This is a beautiful patriotic song. My wife song. loves this yes, song. Yes, I love this song, too. This is Margot's favorite patriotic song. To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away an American, uh, Miranda Devine. She is a columnist with the New York Post, and her latest book, Laptop from Hell, is uh, still on. It's still killing the. the it's and selling, it's, right? I mean, there's some new are, revelations out here. Absolutely. Uh, Miranda Devine, last time we spoke, you talked about the flights that are coming into Westchester and all over the country, the migrants straight from the border. What else uh, have you learned recently? What is going on? Hi, guys. Very nice to be with you again. Um, look, uh, the, the flights from uh, the southern border are still going. Uh, you know, if anything, they're accelerating. They're all over the country. Uh, as I said, I think last time, there are so many coming into New York that they've had to uh, use not just white planes, which they've been using since last summer, but also now going to the Hudson Valley to Stewart International Airport. They've added a couple of new airlines uh, to their, um, I think they've got about five charter airlines that they're paying untold sums to, uh, I'm told, you know, the, the very least that one of these charter flights would cost would be $150,000, but others scoff at that and say, it's much more than that. So there's a lot of taxpayer money going into um, just very quickly hustling these illegal migrants as soon as they get across the border out into the rest of the country so that you you can avoid the bad optics at the border of having the place overrun. Uh, it, it, they've, they've actually become extremely efficient at doing that. And one of the dangers of that is we know, uh, I was just reading a report from the Rio Grande Valley, where they've had a sudden spike in COVID-19 cases. And, um, you know, that, that these people coming across the border, 
We don't know if they're vaccinated. Uh, we don't know if they've got COVID-19. And we're just shipping them off to the rest of the country as quick as we can. Um, and there's no guarantee that they aren't spreading COVID. We don't know who they are. Didn't they catch a number of terrorists, George Venizelos? And uh, I mean, how dangerous is this 50. for our country? 50. They caught well, 50 uh, that we know of. And Miranda, yeah. uh, this is George Venizelos. When they I come agree. here... Are they finding them jobs? What are they doing with these people? Well, look, I'm assuming that they're, uh, I mean, I'm assuming part of the reason that there's not that much of a pushback, maybe I'm being cynical, but from the Republicans is because uh, these people are providing cheap yeah. labour at a time when there's a labour shortage. Yes. Uh, but, you know, from the little that we do know, because, I mean, the New York Post uh, is basically one of the few organisations in the media that's doing any investigation into this. But from what we do know, we followed some of these buses that take these migrants from the planes that come in at the dead of night uh, into Westchester. We followed them uh, all sorts of places, including the New Jersey Turnpike, where they're just dropped off to be picked up by so-called sponsors who, are, who don't seem to be vetted by anyone. Um, but also we've seen them dropped off at affordable housing in, in the Bronx and Yonkers. Uh, and these are, you know, residential places that uh, are, are rare and should be reserved for New Yorkers. Um, and, you know, I, you don't want to leave these poor people to starve in the streets. Right. It's the last thing you want to do. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, you can't blame them for wanting to make a better life, life for themselves. Um, but they're dying out there. There's nothing compassionate about putting them into the arms of these evil criminal people smugglers. Uh, and, and Joe Biden is trying to act as if he's um, somehow some great Christian because he's opening the borders to the world's poor and, and downtrodden. Miranda, Ed Cox here. While the border control officers are trying to deal with this huge influx of illegal immigrants, how about the drugs that are going across the border, the fentanyl? Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. made in China and delivered through Mexico that uh, killing killing uh, our, our, our our children. Yeah, 100,000 kids, 100,000 people are dying a year from that. Yeah, I, just unbelievable that that's happening. And, um, you know, how can you stop it? Once the cartels are in charge of the border, they're also very efficient and they're very efficient in making, you know, millions, hundreds of millions maybe of, of dollars uh basically preying on the poorest people on earth and also preying on American youth who have got now fentanyl laced in all their drugs. I mean, it really, there should be a public um, campaign to tell kids that they're not safe if they're taking illegal drugs. Whereas New York, what are they doing? They're saying, oh, if you're going to, you know, smoke whatever, smoke crack or take heroin, just do it safely. Do it with friends. There's no safe way of doing it. And uh, the fact that more people have died of fentanyl overdoses in America, more young people, than in car accidents or, um, you know... It's the leading cause now of death for young people. Mm -hmm. Gunshots, exactly. Um, You know, combined is just such a wake-up call. And we, you know, rightly get very exercised about... Um, school shootings. I mean, they're horrific and awful, uh, but we never seem to be galvanised to do anything about this drug scourge. All the Democrats want to do is just have more and more decriminalisation, more liberalisation uh, of drugs, and 
um, that's terrible for young people. And I think really, I mean, maybe maybe people don't want to hear this, but I think if you're if you've got the age of drinking alcohol at 21, what you're doing is encouraging young kids to start taking drugs at an earlier age. And I think that's really unhealthy. You demonise the the legal drug that um, you know for all its faults, alcohol. We know it. It's been around for millennia. We know the dose that it is, uh, whereas all these kind of crazy drugs are coming in that are unregulated and, uh, and, and kids are taking them and dying and becoming schizophrenic and having all sorts of problems. The homeless problem on our streets, uh, you know, you could, you could really minimise if you got rid of drugs, which also are a cause of mental illness. So, Miranda, you've covered the internet from hell, the, uh, excuse me, the laptop from hell. Yeah. How about the voicemail from hell? Tell us about that. Yes, well, that's just the latest uh, revelation from the laptop and another piece of evidence that uh, demonstrates that Joe Biden lied through his teeth when he said that he knew nothing about his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. This is a voicemail found uh, on uh, the sort of a a hitherto unseen part of the laptop, which is an iPhone backup of one of Hunter's iPhones. And it's a voicemail left by his father in 2018 expressing relief that a New York Times article, which had just come out, um, was actually had gone easy on them. It was uh, Joe Biden said it was good. I think you're clear, he said to his son. And the reason that they Hunter was so panicked and the whole family was exercised about this New York Times investigation was because it was the first time that any journalist had uh, put on the record the links between the Biden family and the Chinese Communist Party. And this was uh, the tens of millions of dollars that we now know went into the uh, the Biden family coffers from a Chinese energy company called CEFC. And that was the deal, the joint venture between the Bidens and CEFC that Joe Biden was slated to get 10% for the big guy. And the New York Times didn't really know the story it had, but it did have a couple of interesting tidbits. And one of them was that when uh, one of the top executives from CEFC was arrested at JFK Airport and charged uh, with with bribery charges, um, he uh, the first phone call he made was to Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother and Hunter's uncle. And uh, so the New York Times knew this and they asked Jim Biden about that. Jim feigned, you know, ignorance of the whole thing. So he was really surprised that Patrick Ho had called him and assumed he wanted his his nephew. It's and a, it's a story that's not going to go away. It, it will it's, not it's, go away. It, it's unbelievable. You know, George uh, Venezuela, you were in the FBI. I mean, what are you? What's your thoughts? I mean, first of all, I think it's unbelievable that that, that nobody's talking. To, thank God for Miranda, otherwise nobody'd be talking about. It, nobody know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, I, I I pray to God. I hope there's there's a an investigation that's still ongoing, and and the the facts will come out someday. Um, I, I just think uh, to me the cover up at times are worse than the crime. You know, I just hope this that well, the FBI is doing their job. Well, you got the somebody, media covering up. You know, as well. George, somebody has to stand up and say enough is enough. This is what's going on. Because yeah. the American, if the American people lose confidence in the Department of Justice, 
That is the worst thing that could happen. And that's what scares me the most right yeah. now is is if the public does not have confidence in an FBI. Then if, not if the Department of Justice is telling the FBI not to do their job, mm. that is very troubling. Well, I, I think they'll, they will do their job, but then they give it to the prosecutors and they have to do their job. To prosecute the case. That's the Ed Cox, you were yeah. there? No, I look in the end. Yeah, I served in the Southern District for a short period of time. And in the end, the prosecutors run it, not right. the FBI. The FBI can do a great investigation, but if the Department of Justice and the prosecutors don't say they're going to go to court with it, it dies. Well, right. I mean, you know, the FBI director has 10 years uh, term. Right. Are they going to fire him for doing his job if he stood up and said, this is wrong, guys? Yeah. Miranda, are there criminal implications here in this story? Yeah, yes, there are. And look, I, I, I hear your frustration, but I um, still do have faith that the um, Delaware U.S. Attorney, David Weiss, uh, who spent four years investigating Hunter Biden, um, I mean, that grand jury in Delaware is uh, tight, as a, tight as a drum. There's really very little leaking from it, um, which I actually think could be a good thing. Um, but we know that they have interviewed um, various of Hunter Biden's business partners and former lovers. Uh, they're looking into tax evasion, uh, potential money laundering and potential uh, foreign agent violations. Um, And so uh, let's see where that lands. I mean, I have been a little surprised that um, it seems to be taking so long. I mean, they were, they were, people were testifying there last year. Uh, We know that they were at least one person. It's taking too long, too long. Taking too long. And that's Miranda, we're coming up on a break. But happy 4th of July. I know you're Australian. Is your husband American (laughs) or Australian? No, um, he's actually a New Zealander, but I am actually. Uh, do you American. sell it? Do She's you an sell American. Born. Okay, good. I was born in Jamaica, Queens. So oh, oh, so happy Fourth of July! She's like a Queens girl. Yes, yeah. she does. <laughs> How'd you get the Australian Nicki Minaj? Uh, hey, this is just a very deep Queens accent. All right. <laughs> God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you, you for for standing up for America. And we're going to take a break, and when we come back. Uh, we have some things to talk about amongst ourselves, and, we, and we're going to come up. AOC, mm-hmm. the rise and fall of AOC, and we'll wait, wait till we get back from the break. Brothers, we're a family one, from the Arizona desert to the Appalachian Pass, America is my hometown. At night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. We're playing some patriotic music there on this uh, 4th of July weekend. TGIF. Soon we'll be talking to Dr. Peter Mikolos. Could we be on the brink of another serious outbreak? So keep it right here. But first, we're going to talk amongst ourselves. Now, we, we, we have Governor Patterson on on 
on Sunday. And uh, let's play that uh, one-minute clip of Governor Patterson. Is this the rise and fall of AOC? Yes. Well, I don't know that there was ever a rise, John. I think AOC, who defeated a congressman who was notably absent from his district a lot, so she outworked him and she beat him, and then she became this kind of overnight national success. But really, there's no evidence that it had any coattails, not in uh, this 2022 primary, but not even in the 2020 elections. I think she is really a, um, you know, a phantom of the media, that the media projects her. But when you look at it, um, she was given credit for stopping Amazon from coming into New York. It had nothing to do with her. It had to do with the legislators being angry that Governor Cuomo had never told them that he was negotiating with them and took all the credit for himself. But my overall thought uh, to your original question about AOC is AOC are just three letters in the alphabet. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, I talked to David Patterson. The last election in uh, last Tuesday, AOC was supporting nine assembly people. Seven of the nine lost. So what does that mean? The, the rise and fall of AOC. Let's go to Dr. Michalos. Dr. Peter Michalos, our resident medical genius. What you got for us? Well, we're going to talk about the listeria outbreak that we're seeing in the news. And basically, uh, one person has died and 22 have been hospitalized because it's a foodborne uh, bacteria. And you can be exposed to it through contaminated food and you can get the symptoms between four hours and up to two weeks and uh you can get fever muscle aches diarrhea dizziness and stiff neck or confusion it does survive in cold refrigeration that's the problem and things you have to watch out for are potentially contaminated soft cheeses raw sprouts melons pates hot dogs that are undercooked smoked fish unpasteurized milk and some uh, deli meats that have been sitting in the refrigerator for too long and all the people who had it seemed to have traveled through Florida. They still haven't isolated the exact uh, place. The people who have to be careful of the things we just mentioned are pregnant women, newborns, people with weak immune systems, and uh, people who are on chemo or on transplant rejection drugs or biologics uh, are at risk. So, Dr. Michaelos, what can we eat? You can eat uh, everything that you normally eat. It's just that if you have, uh, for example, you're going out to eat and there's deli meats at, uh, for example, one of these, uh, you know, open table buffet things that have been sitting out there, you may choose not to have those things. Or if there are soft cheeses that have been sitting out for a while, you may not, you may choose not to have those things right now, especially uh, around the Florida area where there are a lot of buffets like they have in Las Vegas, those are the types of things. So, you know, right now eating things that have been cooked or exposed to high temperatures while this outbreak is going on might be a a safer uh, choice. The good news is that the death rate from this is very low now because we have things like intravenous and we can replace fluid. But 100 years ago when somebody got diarrhea, you actually could die from that because you could get dehydrated very quickly, especially small bodies like newborns and, and children. But it's just something that we're uh, watching, and uh, it, it affects, you know, the gut microbiome and the lining of our intestines. And that's what the next topic that we were talking about, how 
they're finding out more and more artificial sweeteners versus regular sugar, and that how a, a can of uh, regular soda has about 16 uh, teaspoons of uh, sugar in it. And they're finding, interestingly, that people who do a lot of diet sodas, it actually ends up making them more hungry, and they end up eating more calories. So in the end, when they check people now with these glucose monitors, an hour or two later, the same sugar spike occurs, whether you had artificial sweetener or regular sweetener. And we're learning that it alters the gut microbiome, these artificial sweeteners, because it confuses the bacteria, because they're hungry, they want to eat, and then they can't. And the signals between the gut and the brain are being affected. So this is going to be a whole new area of research about the uh, disturbance in blood sugar control related to artificial sweeteners, which some of the initial studies that were obviously funded by those companies showed that it had a benefit. But now it turns out that there may not be as much of a benefit as uh, we may have thought and that our gut microbiome, as we discussed, is much more important in regulating our glucose tolerance, our blood sugar levels, and uh, other health issues, including uh, depression and how we feel. So we're learning a lot more. In other words, we should just drink water, right? (laughs) And Uh, only natural stuff, natural stuff. That's why I feel like we're seeing so many fat people now. It's because our bodies can't break down these like trans fats and all these chemicals they've loaded our foods up with. Well, it's also the preservatives. Think about it. You're yeah. taking a preservative in a food, and then it goes in your gut microbiome, and then those preservatives act upon the bacteria in our gut, which is also very interesting. And we're also learning that our soil, for example, they give all these antibiotics to chickens, and then these chickens are out in this dirt and field, and the soil is filling up with antibiotics. So part of our health is part of our soil health, and the soil of the planet is part of our <laughs> microbiome. And when you throw these pesticides and antibiotics into the soil, it gets eventually into the plants, and then it gets into our gut, and it alters our gut microbiome. And now that we can study these things with genomics, we see that the microbiome is different in different people in different parts of the world. And now they're even able to show that if you have a high level of certain bacteria, for example, found genomically in your gut, you might have a higher risk for pancreatic cancer or other cancers. Very interesting wow. stuff. Wow. We want to keep our audience healthy. Keep listening to WEC. And congratulations to our friend, Father Alex Carlutos, who was nominated for the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Well-deserved for all the here, here. Father wow, Alex. Wow, so wow, congratulations, wow. Father amazing. Alex. And uh, a happy Fourth of July. God bless America. And what do we stand for here? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and, and the, the American, American way. way. And uh, everybody have a great Fourth of July. And thank God it's Friday. And God bless America because we really need God's blessing this time around. Uh, And have a great weekend, folks. 